Welcome to Probably Science. My name's Andy Wood. I'm Matt Kirshen. Yes, you are. I didn't, I didn't know whether you were going to say my name. I you was, know what? I, I, it's, I, a, it's a coin toss every time. It really is. I was like, oh, which way is he going to go? Is he going to say my name and then I'll have to go hi? Or am I going to have to do the whole thing? Who knows? I think next week we got to think of just like an entirely new way of starting the podcast. You know, like some new intro, some signature. It's been five years. We don't have a signature, you know. What about? Uh, we don't have like a uh, uh, here's Johnny. We don't have a. This is Radio Lab. Is that? Yeah, it's not like that. Let's put it to the viewers. Viewers, we don't even. What's the audio? Uh, We're professional. Five years in. Five and a half years in. Yep. Hey, Heather Thompson. Hi, everybody. <laughs> hey, returning guest, friend of the show. <laughs> this is your first time in the new location. Last time you were on the show was with Scotty Landis in the backyard of the Bluebell Pool House. Yeah. Wow. Good memory. Well, Matt actually just refreshed our memory today. <laughs> I yeah, forgot. I got a good memory. <laughs> it's yeah, it's been enough episodes that I don't remember who's been on, who hasn't. Um yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh we we are also reuniting a part of the crew that spent uh a harrowing weekend in 118 degree heat in Palm Springs, right? Yeah, I spent a lot of time in the air conditioning in that scenario. Yeah, that was uh that was something. That was that was really amazing. It's very hot. It was very hot. I'm still mad that we didn't try to attempt we didn't even attempt to oh, do, you didn't uh, try and fry an egg on egg. a there weren't any bl- if there were asphalt instead of concrete, if there were like a darker colored pavement, I would have cracked an egg on it. But oh, I wasn't like, sure the sidewalk it's the, the You could have done gray. it on your car, the hood of your car. <laughs> you think it actually would have worked? Yeah. What's the temp- what's the minimum temperature to get egg yolks to start turning white? What do you what's your guess? I think it's below boiling below 200 oh yeah definitely really i think so hang on like uh, below oh, 100 you can because you can poach an egg in, in boiling water so that must be suffi- okay so what's your what's your guess uh let me see what what temperature does well i know a lot Fahrenheit. of a lot of proteins start to denature around 40 degrees c 40 c is... like that's when like enzymes start to denature uh-huh um but you need like the egg white proteins to sort of unravel and re or combine, twist around each other. I, this is way out of my zone, but I would guess I would guess like sixty to seventy degrees <sighs> is when. Do it in, I can't get to that in Fahrenheit quickly. Sixty to seventy, so call it sixty-five Celsius to Fahrenheit, which is uh, one hundred and fifty roughly. Holy shit! Good work. Am I dead on? <laughs> The white, will, the white will coagulate between 144 and 149 Fahrenheit. The oh. yolk between 149 and 158. There we go. Yeah, so it definitely would have. We, I was exactly yeah, right. That would have worked on on the hood of a car uh, in Palm Springs or on some black. Yeah, because the air temperature was over was 120 yeah. Fahrenheit. Yeah. Damn, I really wish so, you'd done that now. Next time. Next time. Is it weird that I'm thinking you definitely need to put butter on the car so you don't ruin the finish? Well, yeah. <laughs> At this point, my car, I was just, it would, it would add character if there was a permanent egg in the hood. It's on its last legs. Oh, it's the egg car guy. Yes, yeah, it's a, it's a, start to make it a whole breakfast-themed car. Come you could probably do bacon. I reckon bacon strips would cook as well in that. Yeah. Yeah. You, well, now I gotta look, I gotta look that up. What's your definition of cook, I guess? Just start to shrink a little bit and... I, well, I'd say, like, with bacon, I'd say it would actually start to, you want it to sort of Sizzle. crisp up. Yeah. I don't know if it would sizzle. I don't know. I don't know whether that would happen. Yeah. 
Let's put it to our viewers. I'm going to refer to them as that for the rest of the show. Have you guys ever cooked bacon or eggs? I could assume your viewers because you just stare at a picture of us while you're listening to this show. You can turn on that iTunes visualization that makes like Mm -hmm. the trippy Pink Floyd uh, laser light show stuff. Do you ever use that when you're listening to music? Uh... Do you ever listen to music with an iTunes? I, with iTunes on, on a I used to when I when I was at university, and yeah. that was my main music player. I remember, be, and also that I w- was blown away. I had Winamp, Winamp, and then you the turn Winamp on the visualization thing, yeah. and I was blown away because it would it would look like it's random, but then it would start to move in time with the music, Amazing. and like, it was mind blowing. The tech, yeah, the technology for for ninety five or whatever that was pretty. That and playing Network Duke Nukem three D, that was fucking amazing. It was very exciting. Yep. Uh, uh, did you have any early tech um, stuff at college that was blowing my mind? I <laughs> yeah. mean, well, this is okay. This is sad, but um, I shared an email with my mom through high school, and college was the first time I had my own email. Oh, and I, I mean, I guess I just didn't. I went to college in like two thousand, and so that was like kind of. Ex- I can't believe that I just shared an email account with my mom, and it was like on the honor system that like yeah. she wouldn't read my emails I, my first email address was shared with my brothers and my dad it was woodboys at aol.com <laughs> oh, you managed adorable. to get woodboys at aol <laughs> maybe there was a number but this is like 92 or something oh, okay that's yeah. early because yeah. i'd say woodboys i'd say every combination of woodboys of every domain has now been taken up yeah all right view, yeah. viewers email woodboys at aol.com and see who writes back it's not going to be us but i'm curious who does Oh, speaking of the Woodboys, I just got back from a family reunion back in Michigan. By the way, before you tell the family reunions, do you want to take a guess at what woodboys.com is? Oh, (laughs) Porn? Is it similar to... uh... It's not porn. (laughs) Oh, okay. It's it's very much work-friendly. Like, you could... Uh, It's very much safe for work. Lumber? Pretty much. Well, kind of. It's a showroom of wood flooring. Oh, okay. It's not boys made of wood. No, it's, not. <laughs> it's, not it's a lot less exciting than I thought it would be. But the, this, uh, Woodboys.org currently free. There, there was a time in college when I, back when you still cared about like computer stats, or I don't know if you ever did, but like when you would like build your own PC, you know, like pick out the specs from Dell or whoever was, uh, you know, making your fucking thing. And um, my roommate, I think, or friend who lived near me was a CS guy. And so he was like, helping me pick all the right stats. And I was so excited to get this, um, top of the line PC in like 97 and it arrived. Um, I opened it up, fired it up and, uh, <laughs> opened a browser and it went straight to manhole.com, <laughs> which is what you think it is. And I couldn't fucking figure it out. My friend thought he was so clever because when, it arrived he like cut open the box from the bottom took everything out set it all up just did that put everything back in <laughs> retaped it it's like the dumbest most juvenile also homophobic but it was 20 years ago um but i mean it was fucking funny i guess for a second and uh yeah i don't know if manhole.com is still a site but go check Ooh, that check out check it out yeah I- it is. Did you go to incognito first i hope manhole.com i pretty much open everything in incognito okay, yeah. mm. i'm um, yeah, hang on, manhole.com is, oh, it's now advertising live events. Oh, okay. Oh. Evan's got to monetize eventually. Yeah. With DJ Dean. Okay. Can't just keep giving it away. What sort of, uh, once you got your first email address or your first computer or what did you start to, what, what were the things of the early days of the internet that you liked to frequent? 
Oh, God, this is going to be so boring. I think I just, like, I used Napster. I did email. Um, I did the little instant messenger a ton. Which one? A- AIM? Yeah, probably AIM. Um, never got much into porn. Ooh, wait, no. <laughs> I was really into Craigslist when I first moved to L.A. Okay. Like, fascinated by it. And, I mean, you know when you get into something and you're like, God, I could have had a job I could have gotten myself a job in the time I you spent. Mean, oh, oh, the, okay. You invested as much time in yeah, this hobby as a, as yeah, a job would have been. Yeah, yeah, and I was fascinated by Craigslist casual encounters. Like when I first moved to LA, I would just, and I wasn't looking to have yeah, a casual no, encounter. I, I've done this. Yeah, it's a yeah. fun read. It's a real fun read. Yeah, and I mean, like for a couple months there, I just was like addicted to like, just read a couple more casual encounters before I go to bed or before I go to. And uh, anyway, thank God I sort of finally broke my Craigslist addiction. Yeah, I used to be addicted to the Craigslist rants and raves in the pre-social media era. It sort of filled the role that your Facebook feed fills now. Yeah. Of like strangers just, sort of... just write about random shit that they were... That they were angry about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, there was a, then people like... Th- there would be sort of memes that people would, would um, do things that were almost like... If there were hashtags for them, they would have used a hashtag where everyone's like confessing to like three things that no one knows about them anonymously or mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, yeah, the pre-social media days with the internet were so innocent and well, there was still weird shit, obviously, yeah. but like it just seemed so much more playful and like the world was full of possibility and like this wasn't going to ruin society and end all discourse and <laughs> get Trump elected. I miss those days. I can't imagine being one of those people who's like, I can't imagine being a teenager with social media now. Oh, Jesus. It'd be the fucking worst. Yeah. Like, in, being in college with it, like, having to, like, untag yourself every Sunday morning from everything you've been... Oh, yeah, because your family's all over that? Or just, like, you're, you're going to have to interview for a job. You just can't yeah. have... Like, I'm just so glad that all my college weekends weren't documented. Or if they were, <laughs> it's, like, one, you know, printed photograph yeah. that's sitting <laughs> in someone's shoebox or album somewhere. Yeah, that, that's just... oh. Too much documentation of a period that's supposed to be a thing that's forgotten as soon as it's over. Yeah, I I'm very grateful that I was like five years older than I am, just for the lack of the, just just for the lack of any of that kind of record existing. And we've talked on the show before about how like I'm glad the internet didn't exist when I started stand up, or at least didn't exist in the same in way. The way. Right, yeah. it did exist. Sorry, sorry, I don't no, know. it obviously existed. But like YouTube didn't exist. YouTube certainly. Yeah, yeah. what year YouTube, did you start? Facebook. I started stand up in 2001. Okay, and YouTube started. When did YouTube start? 2005. Um, and even then, people weren't sort of putting everything on YouTube and yeah. for another few years. Yeah. Uh, and but now, like people just put their first sets on the internet. We've talked about this God. on the show before. Yeah, I can't. Like, it's kind of like you fucking idiot. <laughs> I mean, of course, you could take it down later, but just like thinking that, you, that anyone should see that right now is it's crazy. It's, ugh. Yeah, I had a panic because something had gone. I had like an old YouTube account that had old videos, and for some reason, I couldn't get into it because it wasn't linked to like some Gmail thing. Yeah, and that was a problem now. And I managed to get into it because it was like linked to my new YouTube account that is linked to my Gmail. But for a minute, I thought I wouldn't be able to get in, which would mean like early stand-up videos of mine were just online forever. And I yeah. couldn't. And I almost was like, I was freaking out for half a day, thinking this should be illegal. This should be illegal that they're like. <laughs> this is like revenge porn. <laughs> yeah. You should be a task force to stop this. Yeah. I've had like a. Uh, I've got a few junky email addresses. I just got locked out of it. I got locked out of a Hotmail account yeah. of mine like two days ago. 
that I was like that I use for just semi junk stuff. Like I got a few sort of throwaway mm-hmm. accounts if I'm signing up to mailing lists and stuff. Yeah. And I needed to get into it, and like they went, "You're logging in from a strange computer, so we've got some security questions." And obviously, like I can't answer any of these security questions because I don't remember what date of birth, like fake date of birth, I gave them, (laughs) or place of birth. I have no idea what email address was like my recovery email address that they gave. You didn't create like a character bible like they have for Borat, (laughs) exactly, right? You can consult. I follow the. So I was like, I I guessed at like January the first, and then my year of birth, and it it wasn't that one. So. I've gotten stuff wrong on like things that I answer truthfully about things that are my favorite things, and then I later on I don't know what my favorite food is, or I don't know what my <laughs> fucking favorite teacher's uh, name was. Oh yeah, like I don't know what I like. One of them was like place of birth, and I don't remember whether I picked like the exact town or right. the hospital or the, the city. Wing. Yeah, exactly. It's very frustrating when you're locked out and you just want to be like, but it's me. It's just me. It's just me. You know, it's me. Come on. Yeah, and like, that. stop! You clearly just want to collect as much data on us as possible, and oh. that's why you're pretending that it's a security thing. <laughs> but you're selling our data, so you want to know our exact year of birth. It's crazy how much I'm getting a depressing amount of like old age ailment targeted ads now oh, after no. my most recent birthday. I know it's I'm like, stop it, Google. I'm doing okay. I'm keeping it relatively together for my age. Oh, do they do that on Facebook? Like, is what yeah. I see in my uh, yeah, newsfeed yeah. on Facebook partially informed by them knowing my age? Of course. It's it's informed by everything they have about you and everything you've ever clicked on. You've never, like, looked something up on Amazon and then later that day oh, on Facebook yeah. and seen ads for that exact thing. Oh, just, totally. No, that happens all the yeah. time where it's like... Which is, of all the things that it, they do, yeah. and that's the least bothersome. Because, yeah. I, I w- yeah, if you can give me a better deal on that thing I was looking for, sure. I was yeah. looking for it, so... But just, I don't have gout, you know? I don't <laughs> automatically have gout as of my last birthday. <laughs> all target ads seem to assume. Okay, before hey. we get into... St- oh, yeah. What are you going to say? What are you gonna say? Uh, what do you think I was going to say? Well, if you're about to ask Heather the question, we, we already have the answer to that. Oh, because of the last time we recorded? She's not a first timer oh, on this show. Yeah. What do we do? Is there like a glass thing that we break when we've already had a guest answer what their science background is i think we just dive straight into stories let's I think. do it we've got so many stories emailed to us yeah and well here's something given that we were talking about the internet and how it might change because there's various bills going through at the moment in various countries there's the like the uh f's the net neutrality laws at the moment that people mm-hmm. are fighting and in britain and australia there are various bills to um break cryptography <laughs> like it's essentially Theresa may who was the home secretary and is now the prime minister of britain for the time being at least has been really shitty on this where she's like she's been generally bad on personal on priv- on like personal like uh privacy and bills like that yeah but um part of the deal is like they're like oh you need uh, oh like for example she's brought in like these shitty porn laws that is just going to destroy the porn industry or at least drive it further underground but do you guys have does the, like i've heard about the australian law about small breasted women in porn which i can't believe is real that's like, not, it's not real oh damn it's it okay. wait yeah. what is this fake law though i'm curious I mean, now. of course it couldn't be real that's crazy uh, I don't want to say it now. <laughs> oh, is it just like small-breasted ladies not allowed or something? Because yeah, it's like, considered pedophilic. Yeah, that, which would be insane to be that. Yeah. So there's like a, yeah, supposedly at least there's a, and I, I know it's bullshit because we talked about it on the show and then we were like, someone looked it up and was like, yeah, it's not true. That's why, because Jim Jeffries in that piece with the, uh, yeah. who was he talking to? The ambassador to Moldova or something? Oh, the Azerbaijan oh, yeah. ambassador. <laughs> uh... 
So yeah, there are various laws that they're trying to bring in about um, uh, cryptography and one, insisting that various web companies build backdoors into their programming. So they're like, well, you can send encrypted messages, but if necessary, there should be a backdoor that the government, that say the CIA can access, and various experts are saying, well, there's no way of doing that that then can't be exploited by hackers. Of course. Like, uh, how do we always think our governments are going to be more equipped than the world's hacking community? It's Yeah, and the, and the main reason I'm bringing it up is because Malcolm Turnbull, who's a fuckwit, and the, uh, the Australian PM said, and I quote, the laws of mathematics are very commendable, but the only law that applies in Australia is the law of Australia. What's his point? What is he even trying to convey with that statement? I, don't- I believe it, it was in response to cryptography experts explaining how you can't have a way of cracking a code that is only accessible to one person that isn't it's also... Crackable, a- it's crackable, basically. Yeah. So he's saying... And you can't weaken cryptography in a way that's only weakened for the government and not for... Uh, you can't weaken it for terrorists without weakening it, weakening it for everyone. And they're, they're yeah. sort of explaining, hey, uh, cryptography, by the way, also the backbone of everything the internet relies on. Yeah. The internet can't work if you don't have you cryptographic have security. transactions at all. Exactly. Yeah. And, and they're like, well, no, just make it so that we can get in because we're the good guys. God. I wonder what... I mean, this is going to be a battle forever. Like, what's... I can't see how this is ever resolved. And Unless par- we get to a point that we can be certain that somehow the governments of the world always have all of the top tech talent and there's no... Which is impossible. It's impossible. Right? Yeah, because like, you get people like Goodwill Hunting who refuse to work yeah. for the government. <laughs> Great example. Oh, yeah. I, I, I wonder where, where this is going to go. Um, what was our actual uh, So that was the main... That, that was... Uh, it's still being debated, but... Um, yeah, uh, in November two thousand, in November of last year, the UK Parliament passed the Investigatory Powers Act that put into legislation the ability to force companies to remove encryption. But how that will work in practice is far from clear. Yeah, how the fuck would you? Yeah, and it's not just used for messaging apps; it's used for all sorts of online shopping and any kind of transaction. Basically, the whole of the backbone of the internet relies right. on cryptography. Uh, and. <laughs> Home, the new Home Secretary of the UK, Amber Rudd, has previously called encryption completely unacceptable. And Theresa May has said that the big internet companies give terrorists safe spaces to communicate. Which is true, because they give everyone safe spaces to communicate. There's yeah. no, again, there's no, way to build, there's no way to build an app that allows, for example, um, journalists living in an oppressive regime the ability to communicate with each other securely without the dictators, people being able to spy on them. That doesn't also let terrorists able, like there's no yeah. way to do that. It just seems so obvious. It seems so obvious. Why would they be fighting? Yeah. Yeah. Unless they're like, well, there's a thumbprint test that decides whether you're a good guy or a bad guy. What you do is you get one of those little red plastic fish th- things and you oh, place yeah. it in the if palm it, of your hand. If it curls, if it curls oh. up, then you can send an encrypted <laughs> WhatsApp message. But if it curls round the other way, then you can't. I didn't realize, according to this article, uh, the ancient Greek mathematician Hippasus proved that the square root of two couldn't be written as a fraction, and the Pythagoreans drowned him at sea. What? <laughs> well, no, that's so harsh. Yeah. What was the Pythagoreans' theory that, ev- that there are no irrational numbers? That I believe so. That everything. Number? Yeah, I believe the concept of irrationality was irrational. 
Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was like it, well, it goes against their view of I don't know geometric geometric perfection. Yeah, how I mean, can you have? How can you? There must be a way to have to be able to express this diagonal line between. You just think that's so common. That's yeah, true. the diagonal line across a one by one square that has to be except like expressible as a fraction in some way. Otherwise, there's something wrong with our worldview. So this guy has to drown in the sea. <laughs> Jesus. God, people are so harsh when challenged. That's, yeah. I'm trying to think of whether, was it, did that also predate the use of decimals? So everything was expressed as a fraction at that time? And so he's like, you can't write this number? Oh, uh, I don't know. Because that would kind of make sense if, if he's like, hey, w- with this system we have, and why would you think there's any other system? He would just be like, yo, we can't write this number. It's like, what do you mean you can't write a number? It's a number. You have to be able to write a number. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. It'll, there, there's a possible alternate history of him where he may have been drowned because he revealed how to construct a dodecahedron inside a sphere. I don't... I, <laughs> <laughs> it's dangerous. Those are fighting words. They're very... I'm, I'm not that afraid of dodecahedrons inside of spheres. You know what I am afraid of? What are you afraid of, Andy? The, the amazing strength of chimpanzees? Yeah. <laughs> well, I have some good news for you, yeah? Andy. I know I know you grew up terrified a that a... Healthy one day- fear of a chimpanzee one day tearing off my genitals, <laughs> my, my fingers, and my lower jaw. Is that what, that, what they usually go for? Yeah. Well, chimpanzees do have stronger muscles than us, Andy. Yes. But they are not nearly as powerful as many people think. What are you talking about? Um... Well, Matthew O'Neill at the University of Arizona was talking to us the other day, and he <laughs> said there's this idea out there that chimpanzees are superhuman strong. But O'Neill's team's experiments and computer models showed that a chimp's muscle is only about a third stronger than a human one of the same size. Are you just telling me they want it more? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a great... Ana- well, wait. Is this an unfair stereotype that chimps go around ripping off people's genitals and oh, fingers? no, no, no. It's happened a lot. <laughs> Do some Googling. You've never heard about a chimp tearing off someone's genitals? Oh, well, I think <laughs> I've heard face. about... I think I've heard about, like, you know, some story where, like, a lonely older woman... Uh, gets a chimp for a companion and then it eats her face. I think I remember that. Partially because I was like, ooh, possible future. <laughs> no, I think I think it was the opposite. I think they had the chimp as an adolescent and then when a chimp gets past a certain age, it's not safe to have anymore. So they have to have it go live in a chimp sanctuary. Yeah, you can't, once it husband, goes through puberty. Yeah, so then they would go visit it at the chimp sanctuary, but they would bring it presents. They brought it a cake for its birthday and another chimp in the sanctuary saw the cake and got jealous and came over and tore some faces and genitals. Hang on, was that, that that was one story. There was definitely one that was actually the person just kept the chimp at home. Oh, okay. And there was because there was a, a nine one. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you, I, wait. Only a third stronger. That just means if I just hit the gym more, I could do some. <laughs> you could really rip off genitals with I mean, your I bare hands. Like I probably could tear off genitals now, but like, could I tear off someone's jaw? Probably not. I don't know. So yeah, that would make a chimp like basically just a real strong guy, like an average bouncer it's or like a good bouncer at a club or something. Who's like studying Krav Maga or something? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what did you, what else did you learn when you had this conversation, well, Matt? Well, so this does tally well with a few tests that earlier researchers have carried out. The team's review of these published studies suggests that when it comes to pulling and jumping, chimps are about one and a half times as strong as humans relative to their body mass, but because they are lighter than the average person humans can outperform them in absolute terms. What? Yes, if you have a chimpanzee pull a weight or jump on a force plate, the performance of chimps and humans is actually fairly similar. In most cases, the humans outperform the chimps. Holy shit. 
The team's findings suggest that other apes have comparable muscle strength to chimpanzees. Humans are the odd ones. Uh, His group has been studying the evolution of upright walking to create an accurate computer model of how chimps walk. The team needed to find out whether their muscles really are exceptionally strong. So they removed small samples of leg muscle from three chimps under general anesthetic and measured the strength of individual fibers, which are single muscle cells. Uh, The same procedure is used to study human muscles. Uh, It's pretty commonly used in human exercise research. So they compared the chimp results with the earlier human studies and revealed that contrary to the claims of several other studies, there's nothing special about chimp muscle. It's just bullshit common or garden human muscle in terms of the force <laughs> the individual fibers exert. Uh, so why, why are chimps slightly stronger than humans? Um, the team went on to look at the muscle of chimps that have died of natural causes. This allowed them to take samples from muscles in 35 different parts of the body rather than just the one spot in living chimps. And they found that two-thirds of the chimp's muscle consists of fast twitch fibers, whereas more than half of human fibers are slow twitch. Fast twitch fibers are more powerful, use more energy, and fatigue faster. Um, so we've talked about this before when we when we talking about the sports gene. Right, right. The book by... Um, because fast twitch also doesn't require as much oxygen. Um, yes. Uh, so... Um, sprinters, for example, yeah. will have a higher proportion of fast twitch to slow twitch muscle. Um, that uh, David Epstein is the author of the sports yeah. gene. We had him on the show a couple of years ago. Uh, so humans have a real predominance of slow twitch muscle fibers across their skeletal muscle, and also they have longer fibers on average, which also enhances their strength. Yeah, they have like the sinewy old man looking muscles, like the you know the the. Willem Dafoe. Yeah, the old man who's been through a war or something. Yeah, who could still like do 20 pull-ups for some reason. Like, how are you? Yeah. Yeah, kind of grizzled. Yeah. So this adds to the evidence that walking is much more energy intensive for chimps than people. The, these results fit neatly with the idea that early humans evolved to use their muscle many times before fatigue sets in, so they could walk or run long distances. It seems we sacrifice strength for endurance. So basically, like, a chimp can rip off somebody's genitals, but he can't go on, like, a two-hour power walk with me. Exactly yeah. that. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard people say, and I didn't actually look this up, but I, someone, some friend who got into, like, barefoot running at some point was saying that, like, yeah, humans are built to be able to sort of, like, slowly stalk prey. Like, we can't outrun things. We can't out-sprint some prey, but we can, like, track it all day long at a jog until we finally yeah. tire it out. Or like, something. an average house cat is substantially faster than the fastest human. Is it really sure top that, speed? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, like cats are so much quick, but I, I believe a human will win a race against any animal given a sufficiently long distance. We have the best endurance of any animal. I think so. I'm going to look this up. There's got to you... be some stipulation <laughs> about whether they can be fed throughout and how you keep the animal motivated to do the race. Yeah. Also, that's like so not true for all of us. Like, well, yeah. Maybe maybe those of us that are taking care of themselves. Yeah, actually, I just saw an article I didn't actually want to cover in depth about, uh, it was just like a scare headline on CNN, like, why why hard exercise can kill you. I'm like, no, don't encourage people not to exercise. <laughs> but it was just some, like, muscle ailment that can happen from a strenuous, sudden workout. So they could definitely be- beat a horse. At what distance? And with what kind of, like, can you be drinking water and taking, you know power gel as you're doing this long distance run yeah and also you're allowed to use a segway okay cool (laughs) for some of it i would love to hunt with a segway oh my god (laughs) it seems very sportsman like yeah 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 
I'm uh, sure that's what Trump's kids did. Yeah, as, <laughs> as, as a sustainable distance is also hard to beat. So African hunting dogs typically travel an average of 10 kilometers a day. Um, that's about, what, six, six and a half miles? 6.25. Uh, wolves and hyenas tend to go about 14 and 19 kilometers, respectively. In repeated distance runs, horses can cover about 20 kilometers a day. Vast throngs of human runners, by comparison, routinely run 42.2 kilometer marathons in just a few hours. And each year, tens of thousands of people complete ultra marathons of 100 kilometers and longer. That shit's insane. Uh... A few animals can match that under special conditions. For example, huskies can trot up to 100 kilometers in Arctic conditions when forced to by people, but not in warmer climes. Yeah, those super marathoners, I, I don't understand how the human body can do that. Yeah, it's amazing the vast difference between like what certain human bodies can do. Like that some people can do Cirque du Soleil and then other people like can't get off the couch without making noises. Yeah. Um, There's a guy. Go- oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go for it. I was just looking up to see if I could quickly find this, and I could by Googling ultra marathon and pizza. Uh, this guy had... I'll just read you a bit from this Wired article. Dean Carnazes was slobbering drunk. It was his 30th birthday. He'd started with beer and moved on to tequila shots at a bar near his home in San Francisco. Uh, now after midnight, an attractive young woman was hitting on him. Blah, 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 blah. It's not the life he'd imagined for himself. He was a corporate hack in the rat race. Blah, 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 blah. He wanted to vomit. Um, so he slipped out the back door. Uh, walked a few blocks to his house, put on sneakers, and just started fucking running. And he sobered up 15 miles south, and he just kept on running. Pretty much he'd, soon he'd covered 30 miles, and uh, then he just realized he's a great distance runner. <laughs> like in the middle of a blackout, his 30th birthday. And then over the next 14 years, he challenged almost every known endurance running limit. He covered 350 miles without sleeping once. Um, he ran the first and only marathon to the South Pole, finishing second, and... At age 44, he completed 50 marathons in 50 consecutive days. And I've just heard stories about, it's probably later on down this article, but like he would just start running and then order pizzas for like five miles from where he <laughs> is and then still running, pick them up and just eat the pizza Hi. as he's still running these 100 mile races. <laughs> would he be insane. like with other runners and like ordering pizza and just being like, all for me? I think this is just stuff he would do on his own before he actually got into competing. Like that first day, he just drunkenly ran 30 miles all night with no training. What a lovely rock bottom. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's like yeah. the best case scenario. Um, this article is also 10 years old. I don't know what he's up to these days. but So, yeah, it's like humans have a jogging speed, which most animals don't have. Animals, Most animals sort of have a walk or a short high burst run yeah but what they don't have is this sort of ability to just jog at a constant speed it seems for crazy a... it seems like of course you every animal should be able to do that so so um it's pr- likely because snares nets and effective projectile weapons like the bow and arrow are probably invented by homo, sap- homo sapiens uh there's no evidence that early stone age hunters had weapons much better than sharp sticks so they need to kill prey animals at close quarters where they would have been at high risk of getting gored or bitten or kicked. So they probably obtained meat via a, p- a process of persistence hunting. So they chase an antelope until it was nearly keeling over with heat exhaustion, and then they pretty much just scavenge it. Um, it's a running game. Wow. And also... But it seems like back then, receptacles for water, did they have them? Like, did, did the humans also have to be near a source of water throughout the course of this whole hunt? To I make don't sure know. Could... I guess they had, like, the ability to sort of make containers. Could they? I don't know. But when, when distant circling vultures as well tipped them off about a lion kill, they'd had to get there before the hyenas 
because the hyenas would strip everything away. So, but they could again outrace hyenas in the hot sun. So yeah. if there's a, if it's, you know, if it's late, if it's at night time or like dusk or whatever, hyenas are going to win. But when it's hot weather, I guess humans are much better at regulating their temperature. Oh, okay. So these chimps, is there a way we can beat them, or are they just because <laughs> of the fast twitch muscles, we're, we're hopeless in any? There's no. I was hoping the article would end it with like, uh, and here's, here's how to destroy a chimp. <laughs> right, do, tell me the truth, Andy. Do you secretly want to rip the genitals off a chimp? Oh fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> Fucking teach them. <laughs> only only a chimp who has done that to a human or is friends with one who has. <laughs> I love but... you. You're a you're a chimp genital ripping vigilante. Yeah. I... Well. Yeah, also, uh, the, one of the reasons chimps can rip our jaws off is that our jaw muscles are particularly weak, which might have helped our brains grow larger. Really? We're so sissified. That's crazy also, because I thought our jaw muscles were among the strongest muscles in our body. Like we, I, In sixth grade, my friend Ryan Brown had this... Um, I don't know how he got it. Maybe his dad had it. Some kind of like pad that you could put on different muscles on your body and then as you flex it it's almost like a geiger counter like this the frequency of some noise that this monitor it's hooked up to would would go higher and we were like putting it on different muscles to see what muscle we could put it on and get the highest pitch like have i guess the most i guess it'd have to be measuring just like electrical impulses there but no one could top a jaw muscle biting down as hard as you could Nothing else in your body could get close to the pitch we could get with that. So I thought maybe that meant your jaw muscle is super strong, but it probably is pretty strong, but not as strong as a chimp's jaw. Not as strong as a chimp. <laughs> hey, but we do have bigger brains. Yeah, that we can use to create things like antibiotics. Uh huh. And and then and then and then we can also the whole... use that brain to ignore the instructions of the... finishing the whole course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As, yeah. as the doctor knew? always tells you to. Who knew? Do you want to take this story away, Andy? Um, sure. Make sure I have the the better of the two versions we were talking about. Yeah, this story BBC was sent one. in by Eric Boisver, but we've got a different version of the story. And the- yours was the BBC one, right? Yes. Should you yeah. finish a course of antibiotics, it's time to reconsider the widespread advice that people should always complete an entire course of antibiotics, experts in the BMJ say. They argue that there is not enough evidence to back the idea that stopping pills early encourages antibiotic resistance, which is crazy. Haven't you always heard that Heather, haven't you always heard when you get antibiotics, you have to like make sure to take the entire course? Yes, and I don't agree with it, but I have always heard that you should, like, even if you're feeling better yeah, or whatever like, it is, it's cleared up. Properly, it'll yeah. come back, or you'll make the strain of whatever you have more resistant to this in the future and fuck over your fellow man. Yeah, the version I yeah the version I always heard. What the advice was always, always finish the antibiotics because. If you leave a small amount of the bacteria in your system that isn't completely killed off, but has now been exposed to the antibiotics, that gives it the best chance of mutating and adapting and becoming resistant to that antibiotic. Like that leftover bug that you have is like mm. the chimp who you didn't rip off all of his genitals. <laughs> and now he's mad. Yeah, he's it's coming like back. it's like seen it's seen you murder its family, <laughs> and it's going to be out for revenge. <laughs> Braveheart style. Uh, so yeah, they argue. Da, da, da. Instead, they suggest more studies need to be done to see if stopping once feeling better can help cut antibiotic use. But GPs urge people not to change their behavior in the face of one study. Professor Helen Stokes Lampert, leader of the Royal College of General Practitioners, said an improvement in symptoms did not necessarily mean the infection had been completely eradicated. It's important that patients have clear messages. And the mantra to always take the full course of antibiotics is well known. Changing this will simply confuse people. 
the opinion piece by a team of researchers from across England argues that reducing the use of antibiotics is essential to help combat the growing problem of antibiotic resistance. Um, they argue that using antibiotics for longer than necessary could increase the risk of resistance and suggest that traditional long prescriptions for antibiotics were based on the outdated idea that resistance to that antibiotic could develop when a drug was not taken for a lengthy time and the infection was undertreated. Um, instead, they say there's now growing evidence that short courses of antibiotics lasting three to five days, for example, work just as well to treat many so, bugs. So that's interesting. So this, this study is saying not only do we not need to necessarily take the full course of antibiotics to treat ourselves and therefore and prevent this mutation, but actually overdosing yourself with the antibiotics, taking it for longer than you need to, taking Might it past the point you're better. Do what it, we said we were trying to avoid. Yeah, because that's just more antibiotics in general use, just more stuff in the general system and more opportunities for bacteria to form resistance to it. Then I guess I don't get how how resistance is formed because that implies the bacteria is still there to develop the resistance. Yeah, I'm with Andy on this. But either way... Well, I don't know because I think... I, in general... The antibiotic, you you still have your immune system fighting infection, right? So antibiotics obviously help, but again, there's a very good chance we're so way off. And I know we have some, well, I know we have the doctors and pharma, we yeah. have doctors and pharma, <laughs> pharmacologists and pharmacists who listen to this show. So if we're way off on this one, but I would imagine antibiotics kill a lot of the bacteria that's making you ill in your in your system, but also once it goes below a certain amount your immune system deals with the rest. So your immune system is able to finish stuff off. You're helping the process. That sounds like a good guess. That sounds plausible, works. right? <laughs> yeah. So the bacteria is still around. Like, and also, you know, you can... We get bacteria... We're, we're exposed to bacteria all the time, of which some must be bad bacteria. So, right. Like, all the time, I'm sure we're getting exposed to... E. coli and very yeah that in large doses would kill you the in large doses or, or would at least make you. you ill yeah 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 but in the small doses it doesn't get through to the bits of your body where it can do damage or your immune system just deals with it before you even realize that right. there's an issue but if it gets over a certain amount then you need the medication to start helping you deal with it yeah and again maybe once you are sufficiently asymptomatic you can just stop taking the antibiotics because your system is... baseline level of that intruding bacteria that you would be just in in the course of your life, you're guessing. But the more... But if you are asymptomatic and you keep taking the antibiotic, then you are still constantly being exposed to this bacteria, but at the same time... It's it's living among alongside this thing that it's then developing a... We're just fucking guessing about how all this stuff works. We're hugely guessing at this. But again, the article says, don't take this article to mean stop listening to what your doctor says so i guess yeah don't listen to us either (laughs) keep listening to your doctor for now but it's interesting that uh you might be fucking over society by listening to your doctor and taking your full course yeah can i throw in like my two cents which is a little it's gonna sound a little uh hippie-ish anti the man but first of all i'm amazed by how much i think we think as a society that we've got medicine figured out And I think that we're still in that phase where, like, years from now, we'll look back on things we did and they'll seem like leeches. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so it wouldn't surprise me if... I'm not saying, like, don't listen to your doctor. I am. But um, it wouldn't surprise me if it it suddenly switched around. And also, I was way put on too many antibiotics uh, growing up. And they totally... Well, it was a silly thing. I had this problem where my I fell down the stairs and I got a bad black eye and then I had this eye doctor be like well your eye glands are like a little 
messed up now and they're draining kind of slowly. So I'm going to put you on an antibiotic every day, just indefinitely. It ended up being a couple years I was on it so that you preventatively so that you don't get an infection. Because I guess an eye infection can be a big deal. Like you can lose your vision. What he should have said is like the second you start to have these symptoms, call me and we'll put you on an antibiotic. If you get an infection, he shouldn't have just put me on an antibiotic every day for years preventatively but anyway i have had yeah that's not good for your like digestive system and i've had terrible yeah i've had terrible digestive problems since then and just like weird stuff that comes along with that and so i'm sort of of the mindset of like i'm not totally anti antibiotic because i think there are times that it's like not probiotic (laughs) yeah yeah but i do think it's over prescribed so with the first thing i thought of i didn't really think of the whole resistance and the strain thing but the first thing i thought of of like well if you don't absolutely need it to kill whatever like don't take it yeah so so that was my thought of like take it when you really need it but if you don't absolutely need it you're kind of like messing with like the natural balance of yeah i I think i don't think that's particularly hippie view i think that's a view that many doctors and experts would agree with i don't think yeah i don't think it was even a thing that was on the table as a possible thing when i was a kid i don't think we ever got them for anything like I would get a lot of ear infections. I don't think we ever took antibiotics for them. They, they'll just go away, right? When you're a kid, you get ear infections? I think it also depends on what your parents do or what doctor they take you to. We also just wouldn't go to doctors. Yeah, so that's probably part of it. Because <laughs> yeah. I, know, I know people who take antibiotics for ear infections or have. Yeah. So I think it's... Or maybe they put drops in that were, had, that were topical yeah. antibiotics. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They must have, I guess, right? If you have an ear infection, you probably... I guess I just don't know what the they call the things that we were yeah but I think there are some things that you can get better on your own without antibiotics but we just sort of choose to use them now like yeah I don't I mean I don't think an ear infection is going to kill you if you can't get your hands on antibiotics there's probably some like there's also Vicodin <laughs> I did I've only gotten one adult ear infection like three years ago and it was fucking brutal and I just put out on Facebook I was like yo I've never experienced this kind of pain does someone have Vicodin <laughs> someone gave me some Vicodin you know, you know how to party just yeah. get an ear infection yeah, yeah. and then get Vicodin Facebook uh, I, my friend um, Jim I, do you know Jim Tavaray yeah yeah he's a British comic and bass player he yeah, yeah plays yeah, the yeah. double bass and he, he he was in a Harry Potter and various other things. Was he in your last comic year? Or? No, he was the year after me in Last oh. Comic Standing. But, but he was uh, he was recently in a pretty serious car accident. Like he's on oh, the shit. yeah, he's on the men now. Uh, I actually gigged with him last week. He sort of dropped in at the Comedy and Magic Club, and it was pretty cool to see him back up on his feet. So nice. hey, Jim. Uh, but he got a letter from just someone. He he's part of as I there's like a Brits in LA Facebook group. Yeah. And he got an email, like an unsolicited e- email from someone going like, "Hey man, uh sorry details about your um your your accident, man. That's really hard and I'm, I feel so bad. Uh just by the way, if you happen to have any excess of painkillers <laughs> Holy uh, shit. from because uh, I, I, I just my, my prescriptions run out and it's being have a hard to get them and you know I could, I could pick them up from you and everything it's like, oh it's my like, god and, and he's like literally see. still in hospital at that point and not sure whether he's ever going to walk again like, oh and he's getting this guy like trying to mooch opiates, opiates I mean, off him did he I would almost think that's a like a big like red flag that someone should check in with that guy and see if he's like an addict reached a level of dependence that's 
But then again, now that oh fuck, is that what I looked like when I was like, "Yo, Facebook"? No, it is different. Because no, you were like source on Facebook. You weren't like going to someone who was like at their parents' funeral and being like, "Hey, I know you're in the middle of something right now." But, but like, like, did you? Did I... you? Uh, like, you know, I know yeah. they say to dispose of the morphine, but if you happen to have not disposed of the morphine, yeah. like my I, my my grandfather was living at my parents and like towards the end when he had cancer and he was. Uh, and like I remember, my mum just like had a whole load of morphine in liquid form that she just like tipped Jesus. down the sink, like she flushed it or whatever. Yeah, and I was like, as opposed to helping someone die. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, like yeah. I, I don't. It's it just which is the right thing to do. I should yeah. point out, like that is the correct thing You're to do. Just I was like, figure out the street value of what she's pouring down. Yeah, I was like, there was a bit of me that was like, that's just ten grand that you've just tipped out. Do you think that's how much that would have cost? I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure. It was like it, it was. It was opiates that were given to a guy dying of cancer, and yeah, and, taking, and like a how street. How was he taking it? I can't remember now, but I think they are relatively lax at just like giving. Like just going, yeah, there you go. That's of... your stuff. Wow. That I remember Je- Jesse, uh, Jesse Case, just sort of saying that there's. He made the assumption that they overprescribe stuff to cancer patients with a sort of. Hey, listen, our healthcare system's pretty shitty here, and you're gonna need some extra cash to cover it. So uh, <laughs> that's oh, just that's, that's Jesse's pet theory is yeah. that they overprescribe ca- like opiates to cancer patients to help people start small businesses. Yeah, <laughs> that's just some seed capital. Like it's gonna be harder for you to temp. So the American dream. <laughs> just is... sort of like a little wink, wink, and uh, this corner's yeah. got a lot of. Uh, People in need on it. Exactly. Check out an early episode of Jesse versus Cancer for that. Did they? There's morphine. I know a lot of people came back from Vietnam hooked on it, right? Uh, Is that because like field medics had it and it was something they'd administer like in battle? I don't know why I'm assuming you know this. I thought we talked about this years um, ago or something. Well, there was. We talked about it on the um, Johan Hari episode. Oh, okay. That, maybe that's what I'm thinking because. About. Because he was talking about how a lot of people in Vietnam came back addicted to heroin, but Not then morphine, just but actually heroin. Actually heroin. Oh, okay. But then a large number of them just stopped doing heroin when they got back to America. When their life wasn't as yeah, which life. suggests that heroin addiction to heroin is situational as much as it's chemical. Right. Right. Yeah, that's kind of his whole thesis with addiction in general. It's just like it's a symptom of you, your general unhappiness if that's yeah. the wrong word unhappiness is there is too soft pedaling it but um but yeah yeah um so yeah antibiotics still follow your doctor's instructions but we could be fucking ourselves um oh another interesting thing that sounds at first blush like sort of pseudoscience or it sets off some alarms for me but um if it's real that's it's really great uh, an article sent in by T- how do you pronounce the name t-i-m-o-n timon you think or Timon? There's no way it's Timon. Timon. I would say Timon. Timon. Timon and Pumbaa. Isn't that the name of one of the, <laughs> yeah, the Pina Matata yeah. things from the thing with the things? Yeah, this yeah. is an Austrian listener. Timon Jerschisch sent us an article about um, the use of hyperbaric oxygen therapy to help reverse brain damage in a two-year-old girl who drowned in a swimming pool. Yeah, so she was in the water for 15 minutes. Which is a crazy amount of time. That is a very long time. So, yeah, go for it. Oh, uh, her heart didn't beat on her own for two hours after drowning. Um, She showed deep gray matter injury and cerebral atrophy with gray and white matter loss after the incident. Could no longer speak, walk, or respond to voices, but would uncontrollably squirm around and shake her head. 
Um, but amazingly, thanks to a course of oxygen treatments, including hyperbaric oxygen therapy administered by a team from LSU Health New Orleans and the University of North Dakota, doctors are able to significantly reverse the brain damage experienced by the toddler. Yeah, I didn't know any of this is possible. So she yeah, was. Yeah, me neither. She, her mom g- gave her CPR immediately, but she wasn't fully resuscitated for two hours. That's it's in the water for fifteen minutes, not fully resuscitated for two hours. I don't know how she's alive. Yeah, yeah. They she received critical care in the hospital for forty-eight days, then was discharged. But due to the extent of her brain injuries and their physical side effects, um, Doctor Harsh uh, proposed treatment with oxygen therapies in an attempt to wake up Eden's damaged brain. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy works by administering oxygen to a patient in an ambient pressure higher than atmospheric pressure through the use of a sealed pressurized chamber. This is like one of the things that in the 80s, Michael Jackson was fam- one of his many eccentricities oh, yeah, that yeah. people would be like, he has a chimpanzee in bubbles and he sleeps in a hyperbaric chamber and yep. does all this shit. By doing this, the amount of oxygen, well, that's why Michael Jackson is alive today that's at the why age he of 95. So <laughs> <laughs> by doing this, the amount of oxygen in a patient's blood supply is increased, which can restore normal levels of blood gases and repair damaged tissue. In this case, Eden wasn't located enough to a hyperbaric oxygen therapy chamber, so the team began a bridging course of normobaric oxygen treatments delivered at sea level pressure uh, 55 days after the drowning. The treatments, given 45 minutes a day through a nasal cannula, saw Eden recover alertness and reduce her squirming, giving her back increased movement of her uh, her arms and hands. I think that's just like what you see old people having with the, the, the just pure oxygen and things up their nose. Like that's all because that wasn't pressurized. It was just atmospheric yeah. pressure, just pure oxygen already started to do that, which I wouldn't have thought was possible. But She also regained part of her ability to eat orally and could speak short sentences. And then eventually they moved her to a hyperbaric chamber when they accessed one. And after just 10 sessions, Eden's mother observed that the toddler was back to near normal except for gross motor function. And they began physical therapy. Her walking had improved after 39 sessions, and her speech level is assessed to be now greater than it was at the time of the drowning, demonstrating improvements on all neurological abnormality tests and showed near normal motor function and cognition. Uh, so MRI scans 162 days later showed that she still bore a mild residual injury to her brain, but had experienced a near complete reversal of cortical and white matter atrophy. That's crazy. I tried to do a quick Google and see what the actual stats are on the chambers, like what the pressure is and what the concentration of oxygen in the air they give you is. And I couldn't find that quickly, but, um, yeah, I wonder if it's, it couldn't be pure oxygen because that's pretty dangerous, I think after not that much time. Yeah, I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, I, I can't believe this isn't, if it's a known thing that helps with brain injuries, I can't believe I haven't heard of it before or it isn't like the norm. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, to have her be like back to above the level she was when she drowned. So, good work. I hope this doesn't come out to be bullshit later. But still keep your babies away from swimming pools. That's yeah. another lesson, yeah. Don't and, be like, ah, we got a cure now, so fuck it, we can just drop them in there. Don't do that. <laughs> Uh, and Timon recommended not watching the video attached to this article because uh, he said they just thank God and all the prayers they've received and not a single thanks to the doctor. <laughs> um, hey, you know you know where you probably do need to keep babies away from? What is that? Given, uh, given it's 
potential amount of water. PayPal buttons? Oh, no. Okay, no. What do you have to keep away from? (laughs) The middle of the moon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Oh, I know. Every time I babysit, that baby's always trying to go to the middle of the moon. so curious. Yeah, as Justin Broad sent in, areas of the moon have an unusually large amount of trapped water that could support future lunar explorations according to a new report. But only by adult astronauts. Yeah, adult adult, sure adult say, astronauts could drink this water, maybe. Yeah. But keep your kids away. If you've got a kid on the moon, make sure there's a gate. Mm-hmm. This, what are you going to say? <laughs> oh, I was going to say, all right, if you guys could go on like a dangerous mission to the moon, but you knew there was like a chance that something might go wrong, would it be worth it for you to see the moon? To see the moon? Hang on, what's the criteria? You, you, you get to see the moon, but... Yeah, there's. I mean, I don't know how dangerous it is to go to the moon these days, but let's just let's just we say there was lost like anybody yet on a moon mission, right? Yeah. I mean, Apollo thirteen couldn't land on it, but they didn't die. Okay, let's say there was like a decent chance of like something going wrong, you know, Sandra Bullock gravity yeah, style. Yeah, yeah. Um, would you still be like, it's worth it just to see the moon, or would you be like, I don't know, it's probably just a big gray rock? I think I take a pretty big risk to be on the moon. Mm, if someone gave me an actual like statistic and they were like yeah, over like, 50% chance of death or, what or would you well say? I don't know maybe like 30% I'm not going for 30% oh, okay 30% chance of a catastrophic instant death that I don't see coming or like a slow oxygen leak <laughs> from my spacesuit where I'm like oh shit <laughs> where you're just floating in space thinking about how you're gonna die for I mean oh, I hadn't really fuck, thought through yeah. the death part of it I'm just like I would do 30% if it's a chance of immediate painless death yeah, but if it's a death where I'm just untethered and I have to go until I <laughs> s- lose oxygen or starve or drought, uh, then I would go like only if it was like five percent or less. What about just like slowly being fought by a moon man? Ooh, like a chimpanzee moon man? <laughs> oh yeah, oh, I don't yeah. know. Moon men are not as strong as they were first thought to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got the one sixth gravity thing working. I guess both both parties get the advantage of lessened gravity yeah by, by the way I should make it clear that uh, when I say moon man that's not that's not a gender that's yeah. not a gender term <laughs> the etymology is different right. I know people are like moon person but that's not where the man comes from there. yeah which I can't believe Neil fucked that up first words on the moon and he fucks up that whole concept of man meaning mankind so yeah. he just said one small step for mankind one giant leap for mankind essentially yeah because if you don't put the a in front of it then man means mankind doesn't he he claim didn't he claim to his dying day that it was just a, a glitch in the recording glitch in the recording and he did say a sure, oh, man oh where sure. people were mad at him about something well and- the quote everyone says is mm-hmm. not is, is a meaningless quote because yeah. what's the quote that you know uh, the quote uh, one small step for man one giant step for mankind but Le- for, for man means the same thing as for man the quote they'd written out for him to say was one yeah. small step for a man for a man oh. i as a man i'm taking one yeah. small step but it's a leap for mankind but if you say yeah. one small step for man in that One giant leap yeah. man, man means mankind. Oh, yeah. yeah no, no, you're right. It does need to be a man. Did he flub his line? So he's saying he didn't he's flub his line. there's a radio glitch and you can't... You can't the a was uh, was swallowed by the... Well, they should have used a professional actor. That's I know, all right? I, I can't believe I Kubrick mean... couldn't have gotten a better guy to do that line read from the sound studio over at Sherman Oaks. Or, I'm sorry, was it Universal? Unless Where he was, was just it? talking about, like, the pro wrestler mankind. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's like... It's very prescient to know yeah. that pro wrestling would soon be a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is like pretty small step for me. But like someday for mankind, this would be like a big deal. Oh, if he were here, he would think it was a big deal. Yeah, I'd be like, this is pretty huge. 
<laughs> I wish I knew like a mankind catchphrase. I don't mankind, know if he has one. That feels like kind of an overly deep name for a wrestler. Like it's almost like a wrestler being named Humanity or something. It really like, is. That probably is a wrestler called is that, Humanity. Is he Mick Foley or is that someone yeah, else? Yeah, that is a, that is Mick Foley. I've heard he's a really solid dude. A friend of mine. I've heard that too. A friend of mine was in New York and was having like hard times, and like he let her crash at his place for a while. Like yeah, it seems like Mick Foley's a a good and um. <laughs> I forgot what we were talking about. Oh, Moonwater. Moonwater. Uh, would you okay, Heather, would you go to the moon if there's a twenty percent chance of death? I mean I'd have to sleep on it, but I just really don't know. <laughs> like- Decide not now a- or not at all. <laughs> Take it off in ten minutes. Have NASA go. works. <laughs> it's ready to go. Um they got people I, on standby. <laughs> I think I would I think if it was like a maybe over ten percent chance I'd just stay home. This is gonna sound weird, but you know how like you go to do something that's supposed to be amazing and sometimes it is amazing and other times you're just sort of like, ah, nah, I have to go to the bathroom, I'm stiff. Like I'd be worried. Course, yeah. I'd be like in the aircraft and I would be like, or whatever, the rocket, I would be like, ah, my suit is uncomfortable. I'm having trouble using the ladies' room. This- yeah, it'd be sucked to like, like your moon day is when you're just not feeling it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you're like this free dried ice cream. It's not as good as I remember. And then you get to the moon and it's like, I don't know, have you ever been to some sightseeing attraction and you, you you're like oh okay i mean it probably would be amazing like if there was some way i could just like see the moon conveniently i would definitely take it up on it but, but i think it's amazing what astronauts do i think it's amazing like i i guess i didn't know the statistics that they've never lost anybody i, I mean that's i mean apollo yeah. one blew up on the launch pad was that going to be was that going to actually land or not it wasn't going to try to land on the moon though no 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 be- it was it was always planned that the first landing one was going to be because it was all done. It, it, they they did everything in increments. They did everything in stages. So first they sort of first they show that it was possible to fly towards the moon, like mm-hmm. get into a lunar orbit, like and then they there. then they practice the sort of the docking and undocking maneuver. Mm-hmm. And which was was it Apollo Apollo ten that would fly towards the moon, but then fly back up again. I don't, man, I really don't know my Apollo history. Yeah, and Apollo, it was definitely Apollo, because Apollo 11 was the one that landed on the moon, right? Yeah. Was the first moon landing. Yes, yeah. Uh, So Apollo, Apollo 10 was like the dress rehearsal where they, it flew towards, like, they got into a lunar orbit, and then they detached the uh, lunar module, and it descended towards the moon, but then flew but stopped short and flew back up and redocked to show that it was possible to fly up and then redock. Okay. And they purposely NASA purposely gave the lunar module not enough fuel so to reach the moon. Pull ma- a maverick move of uh... Yeah, cuz they cuz yeah, it's, that's exactly what the Apollo astronauts were like at that time and they were like, no, if we give them enough Oh, fuel know. to go to the moon they're gonna land on the moon I'm looking at the Apollo program Wikipedia page I don't feel that bad about it because I didn't realize Eugene Cernan was on Apollo 10 and who recently passed away and he later got to land on the moon and in fact is the last human to have set foot on the moon mm-hmm. so are we just over the moon these days like do we even do We're missions over the to moon. it anymore <laughs> hey double meanings uh, we, we've been over the moon for 45 years we haven't touched it since 72 Whoa. humans haven't been on it isn't that crazy and with the advances in like CGI, you'd think. Yeah, so they they each got they each got one level closer. So Apollo four was the first one that was a test flight of Saturn, the Saturn uh, five oh, rocket, yeah. and so they got into a high Earth orbit, and then like 
Then Apollo 5 was the Earth orbital flight test of the lunar module. Then Apollo 6 was an unmanned attempted demonstration of the translunar injection. Uh, they had engine failures. Um, I didn't realize that. So Apollo yeah, 6 did. didn't have anyone on it. In fact, Apollo 4, 5, and 6 had no, no one crew. on it. So Apollo 7 was the first time they actually sent people up. Why is there no Apollo 2 or 3? I don't know. That's what they won't tell you. <laughs> That's my mankind impression, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> maybe it was because Apollo 2 and 3 were going to be in the same craft as the... Oh, oh. I don't know. I'd imagine the... The morale would have been shaken a little bit after one for a while. I have no idea. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. So the the one that blew up, Apollo One, did it have people in it? Yeah. Yeah. It didn't even. It didn't even blow. It wasn't even a test flight. It was. Just, it was literally. It was a grounded test. They were just doing a simulation. Oh man. But, I didn't know that. I thought it was trying to take off. No, no, ah. no. It was just a simulation, and they were just in. They were trapped in there, and it was. It was in a high. Oh, weirdly enough, a high oxygen hyperbaric oh. atmosphere. They just burnt up. Like a fire started. Oh, that's terrible. Yes. Yeah. Do you guys like the Tom Hanks movie, the Apollo 13? Yeah. I caught a little bit of it on TV the other night, and I hadn't seen it in forever. It's pretty awesome. I mean, from like an engineering standpoint, like doing the whole like recreating what they would have to work with on Earth and being like, okay, we got to fucking build a, what was it, an air recirculator Mm -hmm. with this shit and then tell them how to do it before they die. Like, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. I still haven't seen uh, Dunkirk. I don't know why I just equated those two things. I guess I thought like Saving Private Ryan and... Uh... Uh, I have seen Dunkirk, and I very much enjoyed it. However, I would suggest don't see it in the IMAX if you can't get a ticket fur- further back than row three. Oh, no. Because oh. we were very close, and that was a lot. It's, was it like a super wide... We were, we, yeah, so it's definitely... We saw it in IMAX 70mm, which is like the best format to see it in, yeah. with all the detail. But not And actually, it does look spectacular. But it's What's still that? digital, right? It's, no, 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 no. It's like... It's film? Yeah, I think wow. so, yeah. Cool. Uh, so, like, it's it's the sort of highest res, highest definition format that you can see it in. But we were, like, in the third row. Oh, shit. And it's a lot, and you can't really take in the whole picture. Yeah, yeah. So okay. I would recommend going and see it if you're able to in at least 70 millimeter, but preferably IMAX 70 millimeter. But from like, go to like row <laughs> J yeah. rather than row C. Should we try to guess the cost of a Los Angeles 70 millimeter IMAX Dunkirk screening? There's a lot. I'm guessing it was at uh, up on the place on which was it? You know, you got to go to Universal TCL? City Walk. That's the only one in. Did you spend? Did you spend less than thirty dollars in the ticket? Just. Jesus, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> remember when everyone would be like, $10 for a movie? I remember my parents being like, this is insane, $10. Yeah, I wouldn't watch it again. I'd say like IMAX 70mm, though it's worth seeing in. Or or also, like I think there's a pretty good iPad version. <laughs> so I do one of those two. I sat next to guy I was watching on a flight, coming back from Michigan, uh, who was watching... A movie, the whole flight, and his fucking iPhone. Like, I guess I knew people did that theoretically, yeah. but I, I can't believe it. I can't believe. Yeah, it seems like it would be so frustrating. <laughs> hey, uh, you know how I was able to spend all that money on that IMAX ticket? <laughs> don't, don't tell them it's what you spend it on. They're not going to keep sending. It. Because I didn't have to fund this show out of my own pocket this week, thanks oh, to the kind okay. donations. Yeah. From various people who've gone to the Squarespace-powered ProbablyScience.com website, including Emma Wilton, uh, Leanne Mazia, uh, Peter Lipschey, 
uh, and Sean Gordon. And a one-off, those are all monthly donations, and then a one-off donation as well from Trevor Hubbard. So thank you very much, all of you. And also thank you for everyone who spreads the word and tells other people to come and check us out. It's very nice of you. Yeah. Um, and then, actually, I just got an email from Sean Gordon. This is two days ago. That's how behind that many emails. Uh, he had emailed to ask how to set up a monthly donation. And I said, I actually haven't gone through the process. I assumed it was something simple once you click on our donate link. Um, he said he got off the phone with an hour, from an hour-long phone call with PayPal. Holy shit. They've discontinued oh. monthly donations both through their embedded widgets and manually through their site. So What? Yeah, which explains why the number's a little bit lower this week on the monthly ones. Sion, how is that? How are people still donating monthly? Is it because it I think was those already emails came in before, because uh, we logged these. Uh, I don't know how recently. It might have been within the last week that PayPal stopped it. Maybe are we going to have to switch how said, we do things? Are we going to have to switch over to Patreon know. or something? Um, I mean, we should have done that a long time. There's a lot of things we should have done in the last five and a half years, and we appreciate you guys sticking with us. Um, so we'll look into that. But yes, you can still definitely do one-off donations if you... If you appreciate what we're doing, and it, it does help us. Our costs aren't great, but they're, they are non-zero, and we do appreciate everything that you guys can uh, throw our way. But if you also just listen, we appreciate that. And, and if you tell people who don't already know about it to listen, we love that too. So, um, yeah, I'll look into that and see if there is some other way. Yeah, there could be... We should just set up Patreon. We'll look into it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Both of us with our full-time jobs. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it, yeah. <laughs> We will sure do that. Sure. Have you got a story, Andy, to take us home? Um, take oh, us to the end? We had a few from Justin Broad that were interesting. Let me see. Well, the moon, the moon water was one of those. Oh, that's true. Okay, let's see what else I liked from this week's batch. Editing a human embryo. I like that. But do I want to end with that? Uh, chimps. Mean, drowning. Um, oh, there's loads of good stories this week. I know, I know. But I, I, want, I, want, I want the right one. Okay. I think this is, is, did we, the slug surgical glue stuff, we've talked about some slug related things recently. Is this one a different story from the slug stories we've already covered? Oh, no, no. I know what I want to talk about. Uh, <laughs> this is a, a, an affliction that is uh, afflicting <laughs> your people, Matt. I think uh, I already know what story you're about to do. <laughs> is this the story that Judy and Alberto <laughs> sent in by any chance? Yes, it is. The the horrible ailments uh, avocado hand. Do you know about avocado hand, Heather? Oh no, but I am fascinated. What would you guess it, it has to do with? Um, your hand gets like cramped or deformed, and then it looks like a weird little round avocado. It's way more literal than that. It's just trying to cut an avocado and cutting through it into your hand. Oh no, there's like all sorts of people who have avocado yeah. injuries. People trying to slice, like, take half an avocado and put it in their hand, and then try to slice it up and go through the avocado and into their flesh. That's I don't know such why this a bougie, is uniquely... like, injury to have. Is... I know. Well, according the to Brits the Times, London surgeons are treating an increasing number of them. So, uh, is it, I guess avocados are, like, tricky to sort of cut because of the core of it, and that's why people are hurting themselves more? Well, I mean, you can't really peel off the peels. Yeah. You've seen how people do an avocado slicing, right? You, have to, yeah. you, you whack the pit with the knife, uh-huh. pull that out, yeah. then you make a couple, like, lateral yeah. cuts, and then, yeah. like, spoon the shit out. But in those lateral cuts, if it goes too deep and you're just holding it in your bare hand, oh, it's yeah. going to cut into your hand. So I looked at this video accompanying the article, and they just have someone who has a uh, like a doubled-over dish towel in their hand. Aww. No, I'm I saying, think... no, not, not, to, <laughs> not to stop the bleeding. I'm oh. saying what you should do is just oh, put, put a dish towel, put yeah. like a, ra- a you know, twice-folded-over yeah. mm-hmm. dish towel in your hand, then put the avocado down and cut with cut yeah. that way. I think so. the implication of the story as well is that Brits, Brits are familiar. not used to avocados yeah. yet. <laughs> 
It's a pretty... like, oh, it's a strange thing from the new world. <laughs> um, I guess Meryl Streep. It happened Quick, to her Martha. when she was <laughs> when she was filming that Julia Child uh, movie. Meryl Streep did it to her, and she had did it to herself, and she had to have surgery. Do you think she did it on purpose as of research because she's just such yeah. a pro? <laughs> yeah, because she's so she's um, so good. Despite reports that that British Association of Plastic Reconstructive and Aesthetic Surgeons is so concerned with the number of injuries, despite reports that uh, it it wants safety labels on the fruit, Bapris told USA Today. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Despite reports that they are so concerned with the injuries that they want safety labels, they said they haven't called for labels. So someone else said they were calling for labels, but they're not. Um, the group has simply commented on the increasing number of avocado-related incidents and therefore alerting people to the potential risk. So guys, put something between your hand and the fucking avocado. Whatever country you live in, however familiar you are with or not familiar with the avocados, it's uh, it's not no, no guacamole is worth it. Hey, Heather, what's the... Um What's the worst kitchen injury you've ever given yourself? Oh, it would probably be a burn. And this is, it would probably be like a burn. Some, I'm trying to think. It'd probably be a burn someplace awkward. Like, I'm one of those people who'll be like, mm, we'll just make some spaghetti topless. You okay, know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, been, I've been known to uh, be a little cavalier with pouring hot water into my um, uh, French press thing in the morning. When I come out to make coffee mm-hmm. before I've dressed, and like sometimes you get a little splashback of boiling water. You're like, oh, <laughs> if it's landed somewhere else, that could be. It's no good. That's true, Matt. Early you? in the morning, I've definitely had a few like early morning frying breakfast incidents. Oh God! Oh, like bacon? Oh, you don't eat bacon? What's what? Are you I fr- did at one oh, point. Okay, okay. Pre, pre bacon quitting. Yeah. Any? any uh, have you had? Have you guys had any like stitches injuries? I've never room? had stitches. Really? No, because yeah. you never snitch. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Matt, I forgot. Have you? I don't think I... No, and I've never broken a bone either, but I've just broken my front teeth on numerous occasions, <laughs> as has been documented on the show in the past. <laughs> and on... Um, what was the late night show you told? Was it um, I think I told, Ferguson? I think I talked about that on Ferguson. Yeah. I think I... Yeah. It's a great set. Thank you. I can't believe I thought everyone has has gotten tons of stitches as a kid. We got so many. How many stitches do you have from when that chimp ripped your genitals off? That maybe that's what I'm mad about. I got that going on on my hand from a plate glass mirror. I got stitches one, two, three, four, five oh places goodness. on my face. Is it because you're athletic? I think Cause... no. These are like dumb kid injuries. Like my brother hit me with a shovel when I was five in the lip. Um, one of them, okay, I guess they're kind of athletic, like trying to go over a bike, trying to go over a yeah. sort of a bike jump that we'd made in the road that when I was 10 that we shouldn't have made because there was no down ramp. It was just like <laughs> up in the air and then straight down on the asphalt on your face. Like my, oh. my face exploded. My chin, oh my, when, I, when I saw it in the mirror for the first time in the ER, my mm. dad said, I said, there's no way they can close that up. Like <laughs> they just, there's no way they can fix that. But they did. Clever doctors. Yeah, clever doctors. Uh, hey, Heather. Yeah. Where? Oh, I, uh, if I, I've got a question for uh, listeners as well, but I'll, I'll fast first, where can our listeners find out more about you and your oh, work? Um, well, they could follow me on Twitter at Casual Velvet. They could follow me on Instagram at The Heatness. You have the best handles. <laughs> I, aren't I good? Yeah. <laughs> no numbers with those at all. You got the, the first <laughs> Casual Velvet and The Heatness. Yeah, apparently nobody else thought of those things. Yeah. Or maybe they went straight to Casual Velvet 69. Like <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't even care sense. if I need the number. <laughs> I'm going to try and see if Wood Boys is available now. Oh my though. God, I want to get Wood Boys everywhere. There's no way it's available. <laughs> There's no way. 
Um, you can find us, as always, at Probably Science and individually mm-hmm. at Andy T. Wood and at Matt Kirshen. Hey, I got a question for listeners. Do we happen to have any listeners who are experts in stereo equipment, specifically car stereo equipment? <laughs> you still can't get this guy. No, I, wa- I want to know because like, I, I just, all right, we have listeners who are very smart and knowledgeable and the Bluetooth stopped working in my Hyundai and the Hyundai place went, oh, it's going to be $1,500 oh to God. replace the radio. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to do that. I'll probably just get like a third party one that doesn't match yeah, anymore, but it's cheaper. They're $80 on Amazon. But then it, will it link into like my kind of, because my, my steering wheel has the little volume control thing and everything. And like, I want to, I want, want I want to still question. be able to control and make phone calls just from the steering wheel. That's a good question. So will it have that? Have you done, but, some, you've done some Googling, I'm sure. My question is, is there a way, if right now it says Bluetooth not ready, please wait. And that never goes away. And is there a way to fix that, or is it just like now? Nah, because it seems ridiculous that one bit of an otherwise perfectly working stereo yeah. is down. Is there anything you can do? That's my question. Smart listeners. I like the idea of crowdsourcing listeners. our life problems to our listeners. I'm going to post uh, a photo, a say, photo but, of a rash, and I want uh, any doctors to listen. Let me, me refer you to this? the time about a year ago when one of our listeners helped me repair a broke. Oh, I did break a toe. I broke a toe once. Oh, and right, our listener. That's right. That's right. That's right. And a, and a listener helped me and advised me on how to strap it up mm-hmm. and looked at a picture. Well, shit. I got to think of I gotta think of life things that I need solved for next week's episode. We've got some really clever listeners. We do. We do. And really knowledgeable and <laughs> with a wide range and depth of knowledge. Yeah. Oh, I guess I could ask people, how, how do you how do you turn off a uh, an internet mob of angry Lana Del Rey fans? I guess I could ask the listeners I, that. Did you, coll- did you attract somehow an angry mob? Yeah, what did I, might you have, do? I might have kind of brought it. I might have been sort of excited and then egged them on once it started. But like, Did you tweet something about Lana yeah, Del Rey? And I might, they got- might have tweeted a picture comparing her to the creatures from the Eye of the Beholder episode of Twilight Zone. Because <laughs> she does look like those people, kind of. And then I found out that there is a very uh, angry and energetic um, subset of Twitter that is all about Lana Del Rey. And Ooh. everyone's handles, or everyone's like avatars are just Lana's yeah. face. Their background picture is Lana. Um, I just always thought she was like the most boring performer alive, but people really are taken with her. I don't know. I'm going to have to go check this out yeah. on your Twitter now because I love being a voyeur in little fights. Oh, yeah. I've death threats. People told me that I'm... Oh, that's serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you know, not... I don't think it's... I don't think they're going to carry it out. (laughs) Uh, Delete your life, you know, just like (laughs) typical. That's worth it for you, right? To die for a Lana Del Rey joke? Of course. I still haven't deleted it, because I love it. (laughs) Every day I get a couple more uh, angry tweets, and I just like them, and then I follow that person. Uh, That's what you're supposed to do, right? Heather, thank you very much for joining us. Yes, Thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, send us uh, emails probably science at gmail.com corrections comments clarifications and, and stereo advice and thank you for spending it just occurred to me Sean spent an hour on the phone to try to find a way to send us money yeah that's ridiculous that's, so and we very that. much appreciate that we'll uh, figure out a way to help you guys send us money <laughs> and also check out the Jim Jeffrey show because we've just got some more episodes so we'll be going on through till the end of November now that's amazing congrats that's so thank cool thank you and we will be back next week bye 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 bye